In this episode, we discuss the addiction of a simple strategy game. Plus, we realize that childhood memories can coincide with adult expectations. So come travel along with us in this short episode. Welcome to Bits of Time, where we ask the simple question, is this video game worth your time? And after playing an hour and 55 minutes and 12 seconds of Erebus, plus so many childhood hours just drilled into us, <laughs> plus even, even some in our adulthood, Aerobiz is definitely worth your time. And I'm sitting around 61 plus hours with the fiance and I as we're working through every single difficulty. But Aerobiz Supersonic for the Super Nintendo worth your time and i'm michael one of your co-hosts and i wouldn't be going supersonic uh, unless i'm in a playing a sonic game i guess you go super <laughs> i cannot believe you guys are at 61 hours but yeah, yeah i know so in in fairness so i'm larry i'm the other co-host when we got done playing our first session of this game for the almost basically two hours of gameplay you had not played any hours with your fiance up to that point. Correct. I, but I it, saw the hooks. I yeah. saw because she was peering over watching and I was like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, what is this game? And she started asking questions like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And I, I think that might be the w perfect way of summarizing this game. It on its, if you just watched a trailer for this game, <laughs> there's no way you'd be, be like, this, like <laughs> this is stupid. There's nothing here. This game is a rabbit hole. It's, it's addiction on top of addiction on top of addiction. And it's, so much fun to play competitively. But there's also AI. You can play by yourself. Yes. And they're actually competent, which is nice. Or at least generally one of the AIs will be competent to give you a run for your money. What this is, is if you were <laughs> like if Excel spreadsheets had really cool music <laughs> and little graphics when you did something cool, that's basically what this game is. So uh, Mike, g give us a run now. What exactly is Aerobiz Supersonic? What are you doing for the listeners who have literally never heard of this game, which is probably the vast majority of people on Earth? So it is an airline simulator. You are trying to make the most money in the most amount of countries by chartering passengers and flights. <laughs> that's what you're doing. <laughs> you get to pick your area, one of the seven continents. No, you don't get to pick Antarctica. Sorry. So one of the six, and you pick a home base, and you try to get the most amount of passengers in each area. And to win, you have to have, uh, depending on difficulties and levels and all that jazz, but you have to win and be number one in an, all four areas plus your main area for at least a year. Okay, so if I'm a listener right now, my first question is, Mike, why in the hell do you like this game? <sighs> That's a good question. It is. There has to be some childhood, like nostalgia because we played this with our dad and he was the one that introduced us to this game okay let's just let's pause right there then i think that is a really key com big component now i will say this because i couldn't decide when we were playing for the two hours uh how much of this was just genuine enjoyment i freaking loved it i had a blast with it didn't you know didn't hurt that i was kind of kicking your ass yep <laughs> uh but as soon as the menu title screen pops on in this game for <sighs> us that is nostalgia personified right there. That music is unbelievably just memorable. And I instantly went back to my childhood. Most listeners don't have that. So do you do you think, like, what is it that would hook someone into this game? If you were a stat-driven... 
So are you going to try and say all RPG fans? <laughs> no, 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 all <laughs> RPG. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I paused. I was like, is that what I want to say? <laughs> yeah, if you are a numbers person, and the nice part about this game is there's clear goals every single turn you play. Mm-hmm. And I think that progression really helps. And, you know, case in point, Marissa <laughs> has never played this game before, and she really likes it. Yeah. So you doesn't. This is have definitely to, her style. Again. Yeah, it doesn't have to be nostalgia. So if, yeah, if you're, you know, we talk about the initial rush of games and like pacing and all that. This is a game where you just go at your own pace, and that the one thing that really helped us, you know, we're playing this side by side, and you there's a you take a lot of time per turn. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just take like five. You do like one little change to numbers, and then you move on to the next. But I could play other games while I'm waiting for her turn. Yeah. And we did this thing when we were kids. We would like move, go out of the yep. room, yeah. and then come back and see. Because after each turn, it uh, it acts as worth a quarter of the year, and it shows you on these nice little screens your airplanes like flying across the screen, and shows how many passengers you. That got. is such an addicting mechanic to the game. Yeah, because you constantly see where your competitors are. And where you're at. And so mm-hmm. we did this thing when we were kids where we would leave the screen because we wanted to be surprised what airlines you opened up. Oh, did you go from Rome to Tunis? Did you go yeah. from New York to Chicago? Or did you invade my region? And that's always fun to do as a wrap-up. So yeah. we did it very similar where she would like go upstairs, get a little house project done while I'm doing the game. Or I would open up my 3DS while she's doing her turn. So it's yep. kind of this nice surprise element. Yeah. And so for those of you who are still kind of wondering, literally you start the game off, you got to pick an era of when you're flying. So, you know, obviously that'll affect technology and things like that. Yeah, so I think it's four, each one's 20 years. Yep. And there's four different eras. And yeah, so your planes won't go as far in the beginning eras, but you'll things won't cost as much either. Yeah. So that means you have 60 turns, right? Yeah. So, and again, like he said, each turns a quarter. So basically how this starts off is once you decide how you're going to play. <laughs> I know you're laughing at me because I'm doing the numbers. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. It's 80. So. It is 80. <laughs> I was like, why does 60 sound wrong? <laughs> so 80 turns, excuse me. But so what you do, once you decide who you're playing with, how many AI, you then go to a screen where you get to pick your starting point. So obviously well, as before you- before that, you get to pick your name and your color. I mean, yeah. That's cool that you get to, in a game this old, you can pick your color of your player. Which is cool. So, and again, the color, the real only significance of the color is it's the color of the bar <laughs> you get to see during the screen. Well, and also it's well, the I mean, color of the map. Yeah, oh, and the map. Okay, yeah. fair. That's fair. Uh, as you slowly take over. Yeah, which is, which is, that's an oddly addicting thing to see. Oh, yes. But so then you get to pick your region and then what city you want to start your home base or hub in. Once you do that, you then have to start deciding where are you going to fly. You have to make sure you have enough inventory of planes. You have to make sure you have to literally tweak how many flights a week are happening, what type of plane you're flying. So if it's to another busy city, but it's a short distance, you don't want to use a really high mileaged plane because all planes have capacity. So there's lots of little tiny things in there. Yeah. And you pay per slot. So each city has a determined set determined number of slots that you can do and those think of slots as your flight so mm-hmm. the city you can fly five days this week you can fill up the slots but then you can add slots or as the game progresses maybe cities build up their economy so then yeah so every city has an economy and a tourism stat as well mm-hmm. so you have to 
you know, the beginning of the game is decide, all right, I want probably a longer flight to make more money so then I could buy more slots and I mm-hmm. could buy more planes. And it kind of, you just start to see the addiction because every turn you start up and you go through, let's say you have seven different routes. You go through it and it has a percentage at the bottom right of how many people went on that flight. So if you're like, well, only 60% of the people went through that flight. All right, do I lower the price or do I give get rid of one slot, add it to a different route? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you have advisors that you can take. And so you have to decide, you know, usually all their work is done in like what, three, six, nine. Is there a, a year or is it usually three, six, and nine? Three, months? six, and nine. So it takes them up to one to three turns to finish whatever it is you assign to them. That could be maybe adding more flights to a city. So then your number goes up. Uh, adding more slots slots flights slots basically same thing uh it could be investing in maybe opening up a hotel or doing a marketing deal it's you have all of these different small minor things that you have to pay attention to as well and then by the way you have to then eventually decide where is the next area that i'm going because once you go there you go to a different continent you have to then place a new hub in which takes time which that and money. So then once you get that new hub, then you can start flying out of that place yep. and then more slots open up that way. Yeah. And then so then you have to constantly keep up with, you know, okay, well, what kind of planes do I need? Because again, planes take a little bit of time to get to you too. So it's like if you want to have a longer charter flight, well, you need to go buy a plane that ha- can fly the mileage you need it to fly, but you first have to buy that plane and before then, you have it. And there's so many points, especially once you get to later in the game where you're like, all right, I want to open up this new flight to increase my rank in this area to, you know, outbid the computer or outbid the person you're playing against, like Larry, for example. But you don't have enough money for the plane, so you can only buy, like, one plane at a time, but you're like, I really want to yeah. do the flight, but the flight costs money as well. As well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, there's a lot to think about. And then there's random events that happen. Which is really cool. So some are predetermined, like, war will break out in this certain region, which then, you know, obviously that affects flight costs and tourism. Mm. And then there's random ones where hot spots will come around. And those are just random, which is cool. So, like, the tourism number will maybe it'll be at, like, 32 for that uh, that area, that city. And it'll bump up all the way to 100. So people are flocking there for and not a predetermined amount of time. It could be a year. It could be... Uh, two turns, three turns. Yeah, and, and the beautiful thing about that is, is you can technically take advantage of that because you could be like, hey, I'm going to bump up my prices right now. Or do you want to lower your prices but have way more flights? Usually you want to bump up your prices, but it's like it varies. These are things you have to actually pay attention to and adjust on the fly. And the crazy part about that is when the event gets over, then you'll see this red line because like, oh, nobody's <laughs> going there anymore. So you're just burning through money. Yeah. And so and you so have to readjust your plans all yeah. over again. Which again, I think that's one of the fun things about it is you really do feel like you're managing an airline. Like it does a very good job of that. And again, to the point we made at the beginning, there is something so addicting, especially if you play it the way that you had talked about, right? We didn't for our session, but where you leave, because it's again, it's one screen. It's not like it's split screen. It's literally on one screen. You hand the controller over to the other person when it's their turn. And or use the second or controller. You, or yeah, use yeah. the second controller, which we did, yeah. So the thing that is so addicting about it is you get to see all those updates. You get to see how many flights they have. And it's when they go by region by region by region, watching the planes be like, oh my gosh, so-and-so is catching up to me here. And the end goal is you need to be the leader in four continents for a predetermined amount of time right uh i think it depends on difficulty level and era but yes oh okay so that's a good point so i haven't 
I only played in the newest up to again. Their future is 2020. <laughs> we played the one right below 2020. Yeah, but yeah, 2020 is the farthest future. And really interesting point. So there's music that plays during the we'll say the the start of each turn. Like it shows what the AI is doing. They'll say where they're sending out their advisors, what routes they're opening up. The music changes for that last era. It's like this weird, creepy music. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really funny. I that's kind of cool. It for you. I like that. I was like, that's a switch. And it's just so weird because it's all the other three difficulties or ages are the same. And it's like, mm. oh, you're just going to change it right here. Now, this game, Aerobiz, was published and developed by Koei on August. I don't have a specific date, which is weird. In 1994 for the SNES and then the Genesis later that year. And you might be thinking, does a game from 94 hold up? And I, it does. It does have some issues. It is clunky yes. w- for many systems. But Marissa was like, when we were talking about this, she's like, but it's from 1994 and it still works. She's like, but it is clunky. And I, I agree with that. But there's so many different aspects that you can overlook that. You, you know, as someone who like, we both played this game a lot in our childhood, you know, we always talk about how games age. This game looks identical to how I remembered. Yep. I don't remember the last time I played a game where like nothing changed. You know, sometimes even like old school Mario games, it's the gameplay. It's like, ooh, that wasn't as crisp as I remember it being like on a jump. There was nothing about this game that was different than what I remember. And that is absolutely a compliment to be paid. It's, again, if you've never played it, this will look outdated as hell <laughs> when you play it because it is. But I do like the art style they have. It's yeah. very unique. Like the character models. I've never really seen any other character models really looking like this. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of maybe like older school PC games, like adventure games. Yeah. There's I, interesting character portraits. There's a little animation where every time you do a new route, I would can love turn a on remaster off. of this or oh. something. Like, bring it so you can play with people online. Oh my gosh. That would be so addicting. It kind of reminds me of like Civilization 2. Yes, like the yes, civilization perfect. games. Yeah, it's a great example of how like your multiplayer experience will go because you're waiting. It will especially if you're you played it in the time where you're all on the same TV or same screen, whatever, same computer. It's you're waiting your the other person's turn. Where newer age games and you could do this. Everyone maybe does their turn at the same time, but if someone is taking longer, you still have to wait for them to conclude that turn. And I want to say, if you are a fan of strategy RPGs but you just want to nix the combat, all those callings of a strategy game are in this game. Man, you just got me wanting to play Civ Six all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> just totally ignore my point, sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just instantly, I was like, oh. But yeah, the, it is a competent strategy game, even though you're, you're just simming an airline, which is very interesting. Why do you think, is it, why do you think we connected with it so much? Was it because our dad showed it to us? Yeah, probably. And we liked traveling when we were kids, and he liked traveling. But we, ne- but we never flew on planes. <laughs> no, we never flew on planes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was the thing. Like, man, is this what people do when they are successful? <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, I think, I think it's the, even though it's when I think of a Mario game or a shooter, it's the constant gameplay rewards. This one is the constant implementing something and seeing the growth. So it's a different kind of satisfying feeling. You know, I would actually say, I think that, yeah, that is perfect right there. It it is definitely kind of seeing you slowly make progress. I would argue, especially since we're all competitive with each other, there's something really fun to seeing those screens and being like, that surprise factor of, wait, you're going over there, or 
my go- goodness, you're making so much more money than me. Oh, that, yeah, there, that's there's, that. <laughs> there, there's those things where it's like there's almost like this competitive reinforcement that happens after every single turn. Like, okay, what I'm doing is working or, oof, man, they're catching up to me quick. I got Maybe I should change something up here or I just have to deal with it until my stuff's ready. Uh, there's a lot of reinforcement there, too, where you're constantly having these little miniature competitive moments. It is very competitive, and I'm very frustrated that I cannot beat her. I've I'm 0 8. <laughs> <laughs> We've played yeah over 60 hours. I haven't won a single time. I've gotten so, second maybe two or three times, but so the AI is even beating you though. Yeah, the AI is beating. Me. There's usually generally, like I said, one competent one in there. There's one that just like never does anything. I figured she'd be pretty good at this game. Yeah, and I there is times in this game where stu- where my numbers drop dramatically, and I don't really know why, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, how do I get out of this hole? And why is she making so much more money than me? Mm-hmm. And I'll, I, I've started to learn it, but there's still some, I don't know, either mystery or coding that I don't understand, and I don't know if I'll ever be able to understand <laughs> it. But I do really enjoy playing it, even if it's very so, frustrating. Has she like? Has there been a time where she literally like steamrolled you? Um, or is it usually been pretty close towards the end? Like, I guess just this is only just for personal preference. Compared to like our playthrough that we're playing, is it kind of roughly like that? No, I feel like it's become closer as I've gotten better with it, even okay. though I'm still not winning. But there's some matches where, yeah, she's just always ahead. Yeah, I mean, to give you an idea, though, for those of you who are you know in a relationship, you guys have put 61 hours into a, this game. Mm-hmm. A game that came out in 1994 in 2023. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's impressive. We're recording this in 23, but yes, you were yeah. listening in 24. Hello. I Future you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah. No, so yeah, it's, again, it's, I, I'm so curious to see if there are other people who pop up and they're like, oh my gosh, you guys have played this game too? Like, if that happens or if this is just a complete unknown. Well, it just also goes to show you, like, somebody has no experience with this old retro game it can still be fun and yeah we spent a ton of time in it because there's those niche games that you just find out there and it's like all right this is exactly what i wanted at this period in my life it's also depressing to know that there's a good large chunk of the video game like world right now that wasn't even born when this game came out (laughs) you know there's that too yeah i mean you could be absolutely in your mid-20s and you know have not even been around. (laughs) (laughs) Which is depressing. Is it? Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. It's kind of exciting that all those people game that's long forgotten could be right up your alley and it's just waiting there for you to grab it. So the main selling point for this game is if you want a slower paced game you can take your time with and each turn you want to manage individual things to see it create a bigger... Passenger count and money. So if you're into that, buy the books, numbers, this is the game for you, basically. And, you know, this is not going to be for everybody, but I honestly think is if this any of this sounds intriguing, it's going to be worth your time. I would argue, too, if you have a group of friends that you like playing games with, this game's, like, right up your alley. Now, again, you got to go old school. You got to be in the same room together, and I know that's hard to do nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> but... This game, if you're at all competitive or you have family, kids, I think this is a really fun game. And the learning curve isn't, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we played when we were kids and we, obviously we liked it. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. But the learning curve isn't too hard. There's definitely stuff you have to learn as you go along. But the cool part about this is, if you like this game, there's a first game. Apparently, I've scoured the internet. A lot of people like the first game as well. And some, they like some features better in the first game. 
Which I'm, I'm kind of surprised we never. Yeah, give it, we might have to try that at some point. Exactly. That's weird. You just you have a time capsule of life. Like this is the only game I played, and then we moved on to the next one that was a completely different series. Speaking of a completely different game, Mike, if they ever do make another one of these games, I want you to take this scenario and just kind of adapt with it a little bit. If you were to come up with your own airline for the peeps of the world to fly on, what would be your standout feature to get people to skip Delta and Southwest and Sun Country for those of up locally and fly on your airline? Obviously, supplying switches to every single passenger that's on my <laughs> flight. Have it have the dock built into every single seat. So those screens behind the seat in front of you, yeah, you're going to play your Switch. Obviously, you're going to have the staples of every Switch has the Zelda, the Marios, maybe probably Xenoblade just to get the word out. Mm. That would be my thing. You can be entertained. <laughs> every kid is, they're going to be firmware update. They're going to be, it's going to be good to go. So it's funny, me and you thought about this in a slightly different way. I said, because... Pre-COVID, I flew quite often for work, and I said my goal would be I would get a whole bunch of money put into it, and I would get you to skip TSA lines, and you would end up literally on the tarmac, and you get board the plane that way, like all of the pretty people in the world. <laughs> However, then, to then coerce people slightly more, we'd have to set aside a little bit less money for this. We wouldn't be able to afford switches because we spent so much money getting people to ignore safety checks. <laughs> uh and you would end up with a touch screen where you could play, you know, simplified games on it, but like things like chess. But the thing is, is it would be locally. And so you would compete with people on the plane and you could barter your airline flight points for wins and losses and things like that. <laughs> so you're doing a gambling yeah. thing. Yeah, I so like that. And so, but, but it's not real money, though. It's all just our. So you got to make sure you're using the flight points. You yeah, got to yeah. fly with us. And there would be like, because some planes have like a decently large size screen towards the front. There'd be like leaderboards up there and stuff yeah. like that. I so like that'd be my thing. And it didn't just have to be chess. It could be like Tetris and like other competitive things you could do too. But yeah. What do you know? We got some, got some good ideas from future flights. I do want to know if this genre of game came back, what would you do? What would you, how would you, because somewhere in that episode you mentioned about a remake, remaster. Do you, what would today's day and age, obviously this works for people from planet <laughs> for the first time now, as I am a testament to that. What would it need? You would need a couple different things for this to be successful. I feel like a game like this, you need online leaderboards. Okay. It needs co-op. You need to be able to play like it like I should be able to play from my place with you and with our brother and with friends from wherever we are in the world. Uh there would literally be zero reason upon earth why it's not cross-platform so you could literally like play someone from a PlayStation to an Xbox to a Nintendo to a PC. You could probably even do it like on an iPad or something like that. Absolutely. Uh I think the menu systems need to be sped up a little bit. Uh you, it needs to be but I almost would argue I actually, I'm trying to decide if you need to go more in depth or not. I feel like it, there is a lot of depth to the individual systems, but overall it's not a huge learning curve. I think maybe have fun with like a scenario builder sort of thing. So maybe there's just different things that are happening. Like maybe do like a, a post-apocalyptic version of earth. Like, you know, that oh, way yeah. you could do like, you know, a futuristic, you could go back Space to, travel. yeah, you could go back to the 1950s. You could have it be yeah, on planets, inter, you know, uh, interstellar travel. You could have it be. Yeah, I think you could do a you lot know of fun. What? You just like gamify that. it a little bit. You exactly. Know, you add yeah. 
maybe you can put like cool stickers on your planes. You know, you get yes, upgraded. Yes, planes. there's maybe skins to unlock. You know, <laughs> do what all the games do nowadays. <laughs> but I think yeah, there there's something to be said about that. I think as long as you keep the core. You just got to build off that. But yeah, I think simple things like leaderboards and being able to compete at, oh my gosh, at achievements to the game or trophies, that would be brilliant. And I think you could keep this similar art style, but have like weird miniature 3D models of the plane and the planes flying out. That would be kind of cool. Keep it kind of cutesy, but archaic at the same time. And that's where the skins could come in though too, where it's like you maybe you someone see has them, like these just like awesome looking planes. Because we, we didn't cute. even mention that when... When you're going around and looking at your areas, you do see the planes flying mm-hmm. from city to city, which is just a nice touch. You know, like you see the lines of your competitors. You're like, get out of my city. <laughs> get out of there. I'm realizing now this game is very hard to talk about, though. No, literally this entire episode, I've kind of realized, which is why when we decided to do this, I was kind of like, I wonder if after listening to this, you understand. Ex- I mean, it is a... Uh, you think of like you you use the argument civilization, right? Yes. Just bring that down to an airport. <laughs> that's that's kind of what you're doing. You're just you're fighting, but you're not physically fighting. You're competing against each other. I guess is a better way of saying it. And uh, so yeah, I, I don't know if it's an easy game to talk about because it is pretty simplistic on its surface, but it's complex in practice. And the goal, uh, I guess, of this episode is you're gonna look at that name and be like, "What the heck is that?" Mm-hmm. And then hopefully you'll go watch a video. And then you'll come back and listen to our discussion. But I wonder how YouTube videos and stuff. I have, I, I have no idea. That's the thing. Like, just find something and just mm-hmm. hopefully emulate it, play it. If you have an original SNES laying around or Genesis, go play that too. But I'm hoping this this episode just brings awareness to this type of game. Somehow goes viral, and we get a new one. Some thirty years later. 